This is episode 19 of Rev Thoughts, snackable conversations between Tim Thompson and myself, Joel Pilger. Our topic today is the seven sins of positioning. Okay, Joel, here, here's the question. As we often start these sessions, these Rev Thoughts sessions, where usually one of us runs into an issue and then it's good for us to process it together. And I think this is one that you and I have shared often with our clients, but I was on a phone call recently. The client was about ready to engage with their vendor to update their website. And they're about ready to spend between 15 and $20,000 to do this great design upgrade of their website. And I kind of asked them to slow down, like, don't do it yet. There might be something else you look into. Can you talk to Joel and discuss your positioning before you start spending that money? So this, I thought this would be a good rev thoughts conversation too, because I think people, this happens often enough. I think people will be happy to kind of hear us process why we would say, don't start with the design of your website before you figure out the messaging of your website. Sure. Well, first, let me say it's good to be back in a rev thoughts because we've been on hiatus for a while. There's a lot of changes and cool things coming with uh, the podcast and other things. So people should stay tuned. Yeah, this, um, I mean, I think most people that know me or that have been through something like Jumpstart, they know that there's this, this thing I do called the website roasts, where I, <laughs> I pretend like I am your next dream client. And, I, and you've reached out to me and said, hey, I see you, I'd love to connect. And what do I do? I look on the signature of your email and I see your website and I click on it to go kind of check you out. And then I show up and then I, I, I turn on my camera, I turn on my microphone and I just go through your website and I tell you everything candidly I love and hate about your website. And it's probably, it's usually about 80% hate and 20% love. <laughs> Yeah. And to be fair, you have, you personally have a filter that you've already established before you dive into someone's website. You're not just running around, uh, as like a fashion police yelling at things that you don't like. There are some clear items that you are trying to teach people about and that those items that you pointed at that 80% fall within those categories you've already established. For sure. For sure. And it, you know, we first, uh, pulled out all of those, call them parameters in revolve. This was about this time last year. Do you remember when mm -hmm. the pandemic was just throwing us all under the bus and we took a group of owners through a process and what we came up with, we called it the seven sins of websites, right? And because what we saw were there were these seven dimensions that people were missing it. They were just off strategically speaking, in terms of how they were messaging, how they were positioning themselves, what the takeaways were from the website, even some of the functionality and uh, actual buttons and things like that, um, how you interact with a website uh, were just, again, in our opinion, wrong, but it does come from a deep place of a concept that you and I would call positioning, meaning how are you Positioning your studio, your production company in the minds of your potential clients relative to other competing brands so that they really understand who you are, what you do, what makes you different. And 
specifically with Revolve, we were recognizing a moment where messaging should be different, right? There was a specific economic impact that was changing why those clients would make one decision over the other. But universally, what's always true is to separate yourself from the crowd, clear positioning, create a new category in that future client's mind or current client's mind that would allow them to recognize who you are specifically as a design company, studio production company, and more important, why you do what you do instead of just listing all the services of what you do. Yeah, I think uh, people, you know, this was again last summer. I think what people found out was there's this tendency as owners to play it safe. Like we, we really do think, well, we don't want to tell anyone that we only do this or we're only about that. We don't want to be narrow because we think we're going to say no to opportunities. And we become jack of all trades, master of none. I mean, that, that's, that's sort of a classic problem. But owners especially struggle with this. Um, and, and what you find out is when you go through a time of uh, challenge and struggle and uncertainty is that as clients, meaning the buyers out there, as their risk goes up and their uncertainty goes up, their willingness to take a gamble on someone that they don't really understand who they are, what they do, that willingness goes down. And so we had a lot of owners, I think, in that group that realized suddenly, hey, if you're going to reach out to a brand new client in the middle of an economic uncertain time, pandemic, all this craziness going on, if you're Positioning is something like, well, we are a creative studio. We love collaboration. We're design-centric, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, this just nonsense that we put out there, though, that is not going to break through and grab hold in their minds. They just look at that as, I don't really get it. I don't really understand what makes you different. And you're scaring me. Please go away. Yeah, and it doesn't always have to be in a time of change or struggle or, or confusion or worry, or it doesn't all have to be that some clients are looking for opportunities for growth, for, um, promotion, for ability to, uh, try something new in a new capacity. Even if Mm -hmm. you're using an existing vendor, they all have to answer the question. Why, why am I choosing this specific firm? to do the, to do this strategy I have right now. And when they have to answer that question, the proof that they're going to use has to come from your marketing, the studio's marketing to, to be able to replicate that. And then that person really becomes your evangelist. So if you want somebody to even speak positively on your behalf while taking on a new challenge themselves, um, you want them to, to know concretely who you are, why you do what you do and why they're going to choose you to move this agenda forward. Yeah. I think the, the uncertainty of the pandemic just made it patently clear, like painfully clear with this everyone. whole, yeah, everyone. with everyone. It just, it just made it, <laughs> yeah. it made it so obvious that this whole playing it safe approach wasn't safe at all. Uh, but yeah, I would agree, agree with you that, um, that getting out, getting that positioning clear and figured out is an absolutely foundational thing to have figured out in your business because you 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 stack so much on top of that. It's 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 one of the it's like your the basement of your home, and then you start building up 
And based on the shape and the, the style, the materials, everything that you have laid that foundation with, it determines so much of what the rest of the house will be. And so if it's not done correctly, you are really just going to be changing the, the facade or the veneer on this thing. But really, uh, anyone that, that knows, knows better as a sophisticated buyer is going to see through it. So yeah, it's, it is absolutely a, a fundamental thing. And what we also know, and remember, Tim, this was so interesting when you and I did this conversation with uh, John Warlow, remember from, he's the author of Built to Sell and uh, uh, The Art of Selling Your Business, I think. And he mentioned that the number one driver of value when, when owners someday decide to sell their business is this concept of positioning. Because if you think about it, in the marketplace, if you're differentiated, if you're unique, if you're special, no one else can claim who to do what you do, how you do it, and so forth. And it's it's true. Well, a potential buyer is going to come in and say, that's valuable. It's not just, oh, you got some cool services. Oh, yes, you have some nice clients. Like there's something that they can take forward and build upon and grow and scale and so forth. Yeah. And John Worlow's theory isn't just increasing revenue. So have a clear positioning, have a, have great marketing on the field to generate more revenue, therefore sell your business for more, but also just change the multiplier at which the future buyer is going to acquire your business. So yeah. if it's four times uh, revenue or eight times revenue, your positioning can make it a higher multiplier, even if you don't increase revenue. Um, it's just really just like it's a security blanket for that person doing the acquisition that you have something unique in the marketplace and that's what they're requiring, your uniqueness. Yeah, I thought it was so satisfying to, when I thought, what's the biggest driver of value? And I thought, well, it's probably revenue, it's cash flow, it's profitability. And he said, no, it's actually positioning first and then those things second. They both go hand in hand, of course. Yeah, and it's so obvious, right? Like if you're out in the industry selling your goods and no one can tell you from the person next to you what makes what makes you even a, a good target to be right. talking talking to. But if you have a unique positioning, you probably also have unique projects and you have unique clients and you have a unique position in, the, in those relationships with those clients that that will gain future value. Your customer lifetime value um, is a much higher proposition than just simply someone that executes something really well at a margin at the standard margin in the marketplace. Well, I'm thinking that we should probably post this little story, this example that you shared at the beginning inside rev community and see if we can get some owners talking about this. Cause I know everyone for the most part struggles with this. And I I'm also going to tell a little, another little example. Tim, that I think will crystallize in, in people's minds that are listening how big a deal this is. And my little example is the, is the first time I went to speed dating at the Promax conference. And speed dating is where you, you are one of, I think, a dozen agencies, okay, vendors. You show up in a room and they bring in 12 buyers. So 12 clients. So you know, HBO is there and Universal is there. MTV is here. And they sit you down at a table across from a buyer and they ring a little bell and they say, okay, you got 12 minutes. Do your thing. 
you know, pitch this new client. It's like, you know, like you're going to go on a date. And when they ring that bell and you hear the other 11 sellers, agency owners around you all saying, it's great to meet you. Yes, we are a creative studio and we do lots of great work and we work with clients like that. And you suddenly realize, oh no, oh no, we're all saying the same thing and then showing reels and portfolios and just thinking, well, they'll, they'll, they'll pick me based on how cool the work is. And the room is full of beautiful work. And this is the moment when you realize I've got to figure out a whole nother angle or else I'm just, I'm just one of 12, 12 companies that they will not remember when they walk out the door because they just watched 12 amazing reels. They talked to 12 nice people who said 12 nice things. Well, you go back to the original proposition starting off this rough thoughts is even why I encourage this client to just pause for a minute and talk to you before they went forward with, with making really another pretty website is one of the things you have to assume in this competitive marketplace is that you can already make things that are pretty, you know, the execution of your work already is at a certain caliber that clients are willing to buy it. You already have some proof in the marketplace that you're a capable production company. They could see that already in the work to engage in a whole bunch of more design aesthetic on a landing page or some kind of feature in navigation beyond that on your website doesn't prove any more to that client of your ability to compete in the marketplace. And when it comes to the creative or visual level, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you if, said that. if they don't know how to engage the content that's there or, or engage who this production company is. So I have a good reason to choose you over someone else then I have nothing to take away from the website. So I yeah. can imagine just having a bunch of pretty pictures and this client, this future client walking into their boss's office with the same photos and saying, well, I really love these photos. I really love these images. Or I really love these videos. And then the, that, that person's boss says, okay, but well, why should we choose them? And they say, well, isn't it obvious? I'm just looking at pretty photos. That's not enough to say, well, how do I know it's going to be successful? How do, I, do yeah. they know that they're going to stand our brief? Or how would they know that they can carry our message forward and do a whole series of these videos for us? Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned a phrase like landing page. Because if you actually look at the literal journey of you do an outreach or you meet somebody and then they you know, you send them this note and they click on this thing and then they go there and they watch this and then they go back and they reply. If you actually analyze that journey, you find it's, it's actually a lot simpler and a lot different than, oh, I'm going to explore this person's website and click on all these pages and read all this stuff. Like, no, it just doesn't happen that way. And so I think a lot of times in a crowded marketplace, we tend to think, oh, in order to differentiate ourselves, we need to say more and offer more information and more detail and more lists of services. And that actually makes everything worse. It makes the problem worse. So um, you know what I should do though, Tim, is just to, for anyone who's wondering, well, what are these seven sins? I should probably list them. And then we can, we can use that as bait to go inside Rev community and join the conversation. Uh, if you're a member there, the seven sins, I'll list them off. One, no, let's go for it. replaceable. Two, a pick me posture. Of course, pick me is in quotes. Uh, number three is cliches. 
Four is weak expertise. Five is wallpaper. Six, impersonal. And seven, self-serving. <laughs> uh, I love this. I want you to read those again. Um, and as you do it, I want you to tell me uh, which one of those is like what you believe the, the worst of them all. Um, okay, I, I already have one in my mind, but just read them through one more time. So those are listening. Okay, so replaceable. I mean. Yeah, number one. So I'll just read them fast. Replaceable, a pick-me posture, cliches, weak expertise, wallpaper, impersonal, self-serving. Now I'll say this. I think the one that's, that's an epidemic that creates, it creates the most trouble and mischief is the pick me posture. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes, you hate that one. <laughs> it's because you know what it is. It's the one that nobody even knows they're doing it. And even when I point it out to them, they'll, they'll sort of go, well, yeah, but that's fine. That's okay. And it's really difficult to, to help people understand the mind shift I'm trying to get them through when I'm saying, oh, I want you to invite your prospects and your clients into an exciting story that is not about comparing you to anyone else. It's not a comparative. It's you know, like better is not a positioning. Okay. We're the best. We're faster. We're gooder. We're smarter. Like that is not positioning. <laughs> yeah. That's like walking down the beach and having the hostess at every restaurant asking you, want to come in? Want to come in? Look at our menu. Want to come in? Want to come in? And just well, think about basically it. yelling, pick me, pick me, pick me the entire way. Well, imagine if you, you know, we always use the dating analogy. Imagine if you were meeting uh, a nice, I'll say nice lady, uh, you're th there in the bar and, sh and she's basically saying, well, the reason that you should date me and marry me is because I'm better than her. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't I discern that for you? Shouldn't I be the one that gets to choose that? Instead yeah. Of and it, it, <laughs> with that? Exactly. It's, and I would also just say it really, that's the story you're inviting me into to share my life with you. Yeah. People forget the dialogue. He, here's the one I, um, I would choose of the, of that. It was number five, the wallpaper. Mm. Um, and that's just because I see that as maybe even just what I recognize with this client I talked to recently, which is, oh, I know, I'll just make it look good. It's just, it's basically pretty wallpaper. And therefore the client will discern all the truths about me just by looking at it and Bingo. not leading that client on at all to recognize who you are, what you're about what your method is or what distinguishes you from the marketplace. Um, instead, it's just, they can look at a bunch of logos and then assume that their logo would just fit in the row with all the rest of them, the usual suspects. So that's the one I would, I would say is what I see is most common or want people to steer away from, but all seven are great. We, you're right. Let's, let's carry this conversation in forward in community, but I really love that we were able to dive into this thing because I can hear it coming again. The market is changing again. The economy is doing its thing again. And we need to get the word out that this is the moment to refresh and start writing something new for the, for the market. Everyone, yes, this is the opportunity to carve out a unique position in the marketplace. So we look forward to seeing what everyone does with it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Well, thanks, Joel. This is great. I always love these little bite-sized moments where we can find the topic and jump into it. 
and uh, it's good to kind of get back into the rat race of getting these out the door. So more to come. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com community. I look forward to seeing you there.